0: Hi, it's Rose, and this is the bonus episode for the episode about deserts and desert creep that came out yesterday. Um, What am I going to talk about today? Uh, Today, or yesterday's episode was about deserts and desert expansion, um, which is something I think is really interesting in part because um, it talks about a lot of parts of the world that often get left out of climate change discussions. So I start the episode by talking about how um, often when we think about climate change, we talk about sea level rise, and, and that's really obviously sea level rise is really important, but one of the reasons we talk about sea level rise is that most of the big megacities, the big cities that sort of drive um, global economies are on the coasts, so um, they're going to be impacted most by sea level rise and these kinds of storms like Sandy and Katrina and all of that stuff. Um, And so it makes sense that we talk a lot about sea level rise, you know, what happens when New York is underwater or London is underwater. But there's a lot of land that is not on the coast. And often the folks who are not on the coast are people who have less means, people who are poor, people who have sort of more marginal existences. And so talking about the deserts and talking about the way the deserts are going to impact those people, I thought was kind of important to include on the show. So that's sort of part of why yesterday's episode was about deserts. The main thing I want to talk about today on the bonus episode is um, this air masks uh, story. So when I started looking into deserts and public health, it came up a lot that dust is really bad for you. And I started thinking about these fashion accessories um, that I saw when I was – here in Berkeley when the fires were happening. And we saw a lot of people wearing mostly the white painter's masks, but every so often you would see somebody in a really colorful kind of cool looking mask. And so that's sort of what got me thinking about this idea of like, what would it take for that fashion accessory to really take off? So I talked to Christina, she, in the episode, Um, but I wanted to kind of talk a little bit more about it or think a little bit more about it. And we couldn't quite fit that stuff into the episode. So I did write this article that I mentioned for the goods, which is a, part of Vox.com. Um, you can read it now. It's in the the link is in the show notes for the episode yesterday. And it's also in the show notes for today. But I want to talk a little bit about that story, in part because I think there are two main things that we don't really talk about on the show, but that I think are really important. So on the episode, I talk about how sunglasses might be a good analogy, right? That like they cover your face. Um, they, you know, went from being kind of luxury wear to something that everybody was wearing. They have all these different styles and the way that masks would probably have to have in order to be a true kind of accessory that we all see all the time. And one of the people I interviewed for the Vox story, Chris Hosmer, um, he's the head and sort of creator of Airpop, um, which is a company, a Chinese company that basically makes air filtration masks that filter out pollution and that are actually specifically designed to fit Asian faces. So what he found when he was um, living in China and looking at all the masks that were on offer a lot of them, they don't fit a face with like a low nose bridge, um, sort of a differently shaped face. And the way that masks work basically is that if you have a gap in the mask, it essentially just like sucks everything into the mask. So thanks to physics and Brownian motion, um, it becomes almost like a straw. So if you have an ill-fitting mask, it's like not helpful. In some ways, actually might be worse because you're really just sucking in all of that pollution. And so he saw this and was like, there has to be a way to fix this. There has to be a way to like create a mask that fits. And he actually wound up pairing up with a university in China that was doing a big sort of facial um, biometric scan. And using that data to create a mask that actually fits most of the faces for folks in China and Japan and Korea and sort of like, you know, Eastern Asia. So that was really cool. I got to talk to him. You can hear more about that product and that process in the story. But one thing that he said when I interviewed him was really funny. He was like, Imagine a world where you don't like no one wears sunglasses, right? Imagine a world where sunglasses are not a thing that you see. And you try to pitch the idea of sunglasses to someone and you know you're like you're going to wear this thing that is opaque that covers, you know, one of the most expressive parts of your face, you know, the window to the soul, the eyes are the window to the soul some people say. And you're going to do that because there's this invisible thing in the environment that's going to that's hurting you and you need to protect yourself. And like if you had never seen sunglasses before and were not aware that the sun's rays could be harmful, you would think that person was like totally a scammer, right? You'd be like, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to buy that or invest in that. And he sort of said that like masks are kind of in the same position right now where you're telling people you need to cover up your mouth and the big chunk of your face to protect yourself from something that you can't see and that not everyone always necessarily admits or agrees is a huge problem. Um, and this gets us to the second piece of Thinking about what would make it, what would it take for masks to take off, and that's that in some places air pollution is kind of a political issue. So, in China, for example, um, there's been a huge problem with air pollution for a long time, but the Chinese government has kind of been pretending that it doesn't exist, and that's because China China's government at least um, really sees production and increased production and sort of development and industry as really crucial to their plan, right, to become a world power. They really want and need, they think, to um, ramp up industrial production and make sure that they're competing at a certain level and building all these new cities and, and all of that comes at a cost, at an air quality, air quality cost. Um, but so the, um, the Chinese government for a long time was sort of pretending that there was no air pollution. So it was sort of this weird thing where people in, you know, Hong Kong or Beijing would see that there was air pollution. I mean, you could see it. The air was uh, clearly like not the right color, but the Chinese government was kind of saying like, "No, no, it's it's not a problem. There's there's no problem." And so when you are a, a company that is trying to sell a face mask kind of flying in the face of what the Chinese government is saying is happening, it makes it a lot harder to even to sell something because, you know, some percent of people believe that there's no problem. Other places you hear people say things like, oh, well, my parents never wore masks and they were fine, so I'll be fine. Um, Or, you know, what is a mask really going to do to protect me? Um, You hear that a lot from folks in India who, um, and India has the highest rates of air pollution of any country. And you hear a lot when you talk to people in India about why they do or don't wear masks is they say things like, well, what is a mask really going to do? How is it really going to work? The other thing they say is that it's really hot a lot of the time in India. And wearing a thing over your face like that is just really hot. Um, And so there are a lot of accounts of people saying, you know, yeah, I tried to wear one, but it was really uncomfortable and it was really hot. So I think there's a ton of like practical and political barriers to getting people to wear a mask. It's not like a handbag or a tie where – you know, you're solving a, an environmental problem and it's not even like sunglasses in that way because the sun is not really a political issue, right there's no there's no one to blame for the sun's rays as opposed to pollution, which is something that there is someone at some point to blame for it and then even even in places like the United States where you know, we are lucky to have relatively good air quality, there's a flip side there too, which is that even when there are situations where the air is not good, People still don't want to wear masks because they think that they don't need to. Um, There are some places like in Utah where actually the air quality can get pretty bad um, during the winters because of the way that their weather patterns work and people don't wear masks. And there's actually a big public health push in Utah right now trying to get people to wear masks. The last thing I'll say, and I I think I probably should have said this more in the Vox piece. um, And I'm, you know, it's one of those things where you can never include everything that you want in a story. But the last thing I will say is that there are a set of people on that live in the world that would really love for everybody to be wearing these masks. And those are folks who are immunocompromised, people who are on chemo, people who um, have things like um, cystic fibrosis. And, you know, for them, coming in contact with people's everyday sort of day-to-day germs is actually really dangerous. People who have gone through chemo, um, would really love for this accessory to take off as something that people wear all the time because when you're in chemo, your body is sort of depleted and you can't really fight against sort of everyday infections that maybe you would normally be able to just kind of shake off. Um, and so if we were all wearing these masks all the time, it would actually be much safer for those people to like go out in the world and live and kind of interact with people. Um, and that's something I didn't address in the Vox piece. Um, there's actually a movie coming out called Five Feet Apart. And I've seen a lot of folks with cystic fibrosis. It's a movie about two kids with cystic fibrosis who like fall in love. And I think there's a really sad ending because it's like a story about people with illness. And apparently those people can never have happy endings in movies. Um, but uh, in that movie, apparently they actually wear masks. They wear something that looks like um, one of the masks that I actually wrote about in the Vox piece. Um, so I, I'm not recommending the movie. I've seen a lot of folks with cystic fibrosis talk about how the movie is not good <laughs> um, and not a good rep- representation of their condition. And also neither of the actors, the main, none of I think none of the actors in that movie actually have CF. So that's not great. But um, they do actually, show them wearing masks in that movie which is why I bring it up um what else should I talk about the only other thing I really have to talk about right now is that I'm working on a lie like a talk or a live show for April 4th at the Exploratorium in San Francisco and it's gonna be weird and it's gonna be fun I think and basically um, it's about the anniversary of ARPANET which is um, one of the early technologies that kind of led to the internet And it revisits an episode that we did way back in season one, which by the way, total aside, May 12th of this year is the four year anniversary of Flash Forward, which I'm very excited about. Um, I can't really believe I've been doing this show for four years. I don't know that I've done anything for four years. Uh, continuously um because I'm kind of all over the place but um so on this show at the exploratorium on April 4th I am revisiting an episode from season 1 which is about what it would take for us collectively as humans or even just as an individual nation to decide that we are not going to use the internet anymore to kind of abandon the internet It was a really fun episode to do. I got to interview this historian named Finn Brunton, who is super smart and really interesting. And he actually presented me with a couple of different ways that this could happen. And on this live show, we're going to go through one of them. I'm not going to spoil it. Um, There will be actors playing various politicians. I will make a bunch of fake memes. It's going to be weird and it's going to be fun, I think. Um, And I'm sort of worried about getting it finished in time because it's like really soon. But it's going to be fun, I think. Um... I think that's everything I have for you for today. I don't have a lot to say about this episode. I feel like I didn't have to cut that much, actually, which was really nice. The next two episodes come out in the next two weeks, and then there will be a break. Um, and the next episode comes out, or the next season comes out on May 14th. Um, a note for, for patrons, um, this month is like heavy on episodes I know that I talked about redoing the schedule and sort of the way that the charges are going to be kind of slightly different this year for the different seasons and this particular first season is pretty like it's heavy in March so when you get charged this month you'll end up being charged for four different episodes for the month for all of the future seasons I've split them across the two months so it will not be like that it'll be three and two instead of four and one if that makes any difference uh and helps in any way Um, yeah. That's all I have to say. What else? What else can I tell you? I don't have that much else to say. I mostly sit at my desk all day. It's hard to find behind the scenes things to show you because mostly my behind the scenes is just like sitting at my desk, reading stuff in books and on the internet and typing. Not very exciting. Um, yeah, that's it. What else should I talk about on these episodes? I never know what to say. Um, okay. I will talk to you all next week. Bye.